Welcome back to Rule 8 Politics. My name is Jeremy Sammons, and today, and as always, I am joined by Zach Sacker. So, from our last episode, a lot has happened. The Georgia runoff for the Senate has uh, came and went, and both John Ossoff and Reverend Warnock were declared the victor, which is crazy. It's, uh, that was one race that I was cautiously, cautiously optimistic about. I didn't think the Democrats would win both seats. They did somehow. But then the next day on Wednesday, I think the American political landscape has been changed, I, I would say, for the next 10 years, man. What do you think? Uh, yeah, uh, even longer than that. Um, you know, right away, Chuck Schumer was comparing this to, to Pearl Harbor you know, as a day that will live in infamy. And I, I, I you know, I actually think he's right about that. I, I think this day will make the history books as uh, one of the darkest days in, in modern American history. Pearl Harbor, 9-11, uh, Wednesday, January 6th, um, and, and probably the, the assassinations of Martin Luther King and John F. Kennedy. Those will be the darkest days, I think, in in modern American history, um, and it's going to be a, a hopefully it's going to be a turning point where things are going to get better after this, but it's still way too early to say. Um, things could still things could get worse, which is the, the scariest part of this. Um, but regardless, yeah, this this uh, this will be a day. January 6th of 2021 will be a day that uh, we will remember for the rest of our lives. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was the first time since the War of 1812 that the Capitol was, was occupied, essentially, right? You said that to me in a, in a text, and, <laughs> you know, I, I was working. I was working on Wednesday. You know, I, I was driving around a little bit, so I had it on, you know, in the car. Whenever I was in the car, I was in and out, you know, I wasn't able to really follow the media all day. And you sent me this text, you know, uh, the Capitol's been occupied first time since the War of 1812. And when I saw that, I was like, holy shit, something serious is going down right now. Um, and, uh, and, and, yeah, I, I would have never imagined we would uh, come to this. Very, uh, something profound happened for sure. Yeah. I, you know, in our last episode, when we were talking about what we thought was going to go down on Wednesday, I mean, fuck, like we knew tensions were going to be high. We knew things were going to get crazy. But I don't think anybody fathomed how crazy it was actually going to be. Like that was way beyond mm -hmm. anything that I expected. They actually, they actually stopped the count. Like that, that, that was mm -hmm. I, I, when I finally had that realization that holy shit, they actually did it. That was when I was like, man, this is yeah. We are now in new territory. We like this is the other side of. I'm not entirely sure what, but <laughs> we are we are not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Um, they stopped the count, uh, but you know, seeing 
seeing the Congress work, you know, into the wee hours of the morning to finish that count once they kicked out all the the protesters, um, that honestly, as embarrassing uh, as the events were on Jan- on January sixth, you know, I felt embarrassed to be an American. Okay, and. and and that takes a lot for me to say because because I, I really love this country. I think it's the greatest in the world. Um, I was very embarrassed. I felt like we were living in a banana banana republic. But to see the Congress resume their business, finish out their duty, um, and formally elect uh, Joe Biden um, or confirm the election of Joe Biden, uh, you know that that I think restored a tremendous amount of confidence not only in me but i think in a lot of people you know i was i was proud to see them to see the system work you know um there is a silver lining i think in that even though this this assault on our democracy uh was something that was just unbelievable you know what i mean i don't, I don't think uh, i don't think uh um five years ago okay before donald trump because there are many people who said while you know on inauguration day that this guy was gonna try to stay in power forever before donald trump five years ago i don't think anybody would have ever imagined that there would be an anti-democratic coup to try to overthrow our government uh, in five years, I don't think anybody would have believed that person. And that's essentially what happened. You know, this, this was a failed coup attempt, in my opinion. Um, uh, before we get too far into what, you know, the, the insurrection that happened on Wednesday, um, it all started at the Save America March, which between somewhere between th- three and 20,000 people showed up to voice their... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's a large range there. Yeah, it's, I, I, I'm surprised that like we can't get the number like a little more accurate here. Between three and twenty thousand people showed up to make their voices heard that they dispute the election results in many swing states. Now, a lot of people on, I guess, in the the, the conservative realm um, are claiming that the language that was used by D- Donald Trump Jr. and by Donald Trump was not inflammatory, that they did not incite violence. However, I think with w- a lot of things with Donald Trump and the way, he, the way he speaks and the way he communicates, he insinuates things and like speaks between the lines. Like, we, we, we all heard his call with, uh, who was that, uh, that guy down in Georgia? That he was, was it the Secretary of State? That he was speaking with down there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes, like, yes. so yeah, I mean, he didn't ask him to commit voter fraud, but he asked him to commit voter fraud, right? It's, it was very, right. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I, you know, I didn't say it, but, you know, well, so I, I'd <laughs> like to, I, I took some, I listened to Donald Trump Jr.'s and Donald Trump's speech, and I took some notes on some things that they said that I think that's, this is how you can say that yeah, the the words that they used, the wording that they used was inflammatory and that what happened afterwards should have not came as a surprise. So this is from Donald Trump Jr. here. And like the way that I took these notes was just every time 
I heard something that I was like, well, that that's not what you want to, how you want to rile up a crowd. All right. So these are in order, but not necessarily, for, you know, that these are different cuts, different parts of his speech here. So this is from Donald Trump Jr. He says, the fact that you are all here should be a message to all the Republicans who have not been willing to actually fight the people who do nothing to stop the steal. This gathering should send a message to them that this isn't their Republican Party. This is Donald Trump's Republican Party. It's not going to roll over and die just because the Republic, just because the Democrats would like you to. You have an opportunity today. You can be a hero or you can be a zero. The choice is yours, but we are all watching. Choose wisely because if you just roll over, if you don't fight, and the crowd at that moment begins chanting, fight for Trump. We're coming for you, and we're going to have a good time doing it. We have to start fighting like the Democrats do. Our reluctance to do that is why we are in this position today. Today, you get to pick a side. Stay in this fight. Don't be suppressed. Don't be put in your corner. Stand up and fight. Hold your representatives accountable. That's a pretty fiery, it's pretty fiery language there. That's just yes. from, from uh, that's just oh, from, I, absolutely. from Junior. So wow. I'd like to, um. I'd like to, yeah. So uh, next up, I got some stuff that Donald Trump said. He says, um, "These one, one comment I, I did want to make on 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 what Junior said actually." Um, uh. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump is the Republican Party. He said something along those lines, right? Yeah. That that's basically uh, you know kind of out of like any kind of authoritarian playbook to say that the leader, you know, is the party and the party is the country. I mean, that's that's fascism 101 right there. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. That's that's kind of alarming that kind of language being used. Right. And also, I mean, like to talk about rolling over and dying. I mean, that's essentially kind of what the Republican Party did to Donald Trump they, they, during the, uh, the national convention. The Republican Party no longer has their own platform. It's whatever Donald Trump wants to do. Yeah. Like they they allowed this to happen. So, all right. Mm -hmm. So moving on to Donald Trump and some things that he said on Wednesday. Said these people are not going to take it any longer. We will never give up. We will never concede. Our country has had enough, and we will not take it anymore. We will stop the steal. Third world countries have more honest elections. We're not going to let them silence your voices. We're not going to let it happen. Except Rudy's got guts. He fights. If Mike Pence does the right thing, we win the election. We're here to save our democracy. We're going to have someone in there who should not be in there, and our country will be destroyed. And we're not going to stand for that. There's so many weak Republicans. Many of them I helped. It's amazing. The weak Republicans, pathetic Republicans. You are the real Americans. The weak Republicans, you got a lot of them, who put America last. You have to get your people to fight. We don't have free and fair elections. We don't have a free press. They have become the enemy of the people. Third world countries wouldn't even attempt to do what we caught them doing. Republicans are fighting with one arm behind their back. 
and we are going to have to fight harder. We're, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you, because you'll never take back your, our country with weakness. You have to be strong. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing. Our country has been under siege for a long time. We're out here fighting. History is going to be made. If they do the wrong thing, we should never forget. Your leadership has led you down the tubes. We will not be intimidated into believing the hoax and lies. They're going out of their way to hurt this country. Let the weak ones get out. It's time for strength. The radical left knows exactly what they're doing, and they're ruthless. And it's time that somebody does something about it. This is a criminal enterprise. Don't listen to the rhinos and the stupid people. Today is not the end. It is just getting started. Now, if that is not inflammatory that is language. scary. Yeah. yeah. That's it, some dark shit right yeah, there. Yeah. If he did not incite a riot with that speech, I don't know what the fuck he did. Yeah. I mean, he literally told them to go down to the Capitol and uh, he said he would be there with them and essentially, you know, put pressure on them, you know, put pressure mm-hmm. on Pence to, to do the right thing, which we all know would have actually been the wrong thing, something that he doesn't even have the power to do. Um, they wanted Mike Pence to essentially um, declare Donald Trump the the winner and disregard the uh, certification process essentially altogether, uh, just because Pence was presiding over the certification process. Um, it's just it's it's just it's just crazy, you know. And once again, I'm sounding like a, a broken record here. It's just it's unbelievable that this is what happened in the United States of America, you know? Um, And he's making a comparison to third world countries. Uh, I mean, yeah, what he encouraged his supporters to do is what happens in third world countries. Um, There was no evidence of voter fraud. The election was not stolen. That's all false. It's, 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 it's BS. And one other point I want to make here um, is, is you know, there's talk about how much um, culpability there is for Trump. You know, did he um, incite the violence or not? Um, there's something else that really sticks out to me um, and, and poses a major question in, in that was this planned ahead of time? Um, for there to be violence and did Trump have knowledge about that? Because there were people there who had guns, who had bombs. They found a car with 11 explosive devices in it. Um, mm-hmm. There were pipe bombs planted at both the RNC and the DNC, something that the media is is not talking all that much about. I mean, they've mentioned it. All the major news sources have acknowledged this. But they're not talking about it all that much, I think, because they're still investigating it. Um, but that tells you that this was just not a, a, a speech or a regular rally or something that everyone was just going to go to, have a good time, and then go back home. There were people in that crowd who knew that 
something was going to go down afterwards and they were prepared. Mm-hmm. So was that being communicated with, with Trump um, or with his, the Trump's team around him? Was this a coordinated effort? Um, they had to have known. I really want to know. They had to have known. You think so? So you think Trump knew of the like the pipe bombs and stuff? You're saying? No, I mean, I, I think, man, if if Trump is not in touch with what's going on with the base, I mean, that would just baffle me. Like Trump doesn't know what's going on with the MAGA base. I mean, like, I mean, ever since his mm-hmm. presidency, I mean, there's been talks of conspiracy theories about overthrowing the government and you know rounding up mm-hmm. pedophiles and you know putting Nancy Pelosi in jail along with Hillary Clinton, all this crazy shit, right? Like the the undercurrent, yeah. like the, the the stuff is just like just beneath the surface of what exists in MAGA came to the surface. Like what they really think and what they yeah. really want. We got to see it in action. Yeah. Like what people have been saying, like you know, what people they've been accusing MAGA of, we really got to see it in action. Mm-hmm. Like all, all and, these fucking uh, cute people out there, Jesus Christ. Like it's I mean, obviously, yeah. it's gonna, on the on the last day to actually do something. It, it shouldn't shock anyone what happened. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if there is a silver lining, it, it's that you know, hopefully, bringing all this out into the daylight uh, is really going to encourage uh, a lot of people who were on the fence about how they felt about Trump uh, to really move off that fence onto the right side. You know. Um, you know, hopefully this will be the end of Trumpism in America. Because uh, <laughs> that was some really crazy shit. And I mean, I don't know how anybody could stick by Trump's side after that. You know, yeah. I mean, there definitely will be people who do. Uh, but I, I just, it, it's just kind of beyond me how you could still s- support that guy. Um, and uh, And plus... There's a lot of Republican senators who want to be president in 2024. Mm-hmm. It, it actually kind of makes sense to me for them to come out against Trump now, even if they it took them so long to do so, uh, because because I, I guess we're going to talk about impeachment eventually. You know, if Trump is impeached again and co- convicted in the Senate, last time he wasn't convicted in the Senate, but if he is this time. That will open up a lane for these Republicans who might want to run for president in the future because Trump will be barred from holding public office if the Senate convicts him. So um, I, I'm optimistic that this will be, be the end of Trumpism. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. There's a very good chance. It, you know, he, Trump is saying this isn't the end. It's only the beginning. And I do think he enjoys rallies and he will continue to have rallies. Um, just hopefully the crowd gets really, really small and insignificant. Yeah, I mean, I, man, it's anything is possible. I would don't don't underestimate MAGA and what's possible with them. Like, mm-hmm. So, I mean, even after all the craziness that went down on Wednesday, you had 68 percent of the House. About 68% of the the House, well, the the, the Republicans, 138 Republicans vote in objection to the uh, Pennsylvania results. That's insane. 138 people after everything that happened that day, they they still objected to certifying that vote. And then also, also, how many senators did we have? A lot of senators backed out. 
And then I'll give those guys credit for backing out. We still have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight Republican senators that, you know, still continue to object to certification between Arizona and Pennsylvania. Yes. Um, yeah. Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, Tommy Tuberville, Cindy Hyde-Smith, Roger Marshall, and John Kennedy object to Arizona's results. And Hawley, Cruz, Tuberville, Hyde-Smith, Marshall were joined by Cynthia Loomis and Rick Scott in objecting to Pennsylvania's results. Um, four Republican senators did change their mind after uh, Wednesday's events. Those were Marsha Blackburn, Kelly Loeffler, uh, who is an outgoing senator from Georgia, uh, James Lankford, and Steve Daines. And yes, we should give them credit for seeing the light. Um, and also, I think it's worth mentioning that there are at least one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five Republicans in the Senate who are calling for Trump's immediate res resignation or impeachment. They want him gone um, before January 20th. And those are Lisa Murkowski, Adam Kingsinger. Uh, actually, he's, he's a House member. I'm sorry. Um, Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney, Ben Sass, and Pat Toomey all want Trump out immediately. And I have Adam Kingsinger uh, on here as well, although he is in the House, but he's been pretty outspoken. Um, what, what do you think is going to happen? Is he going to be uh, impeached and convicted? Or do you think the 25, 25th Amendment is going to come into play? Or will he just serve out the remainder of his presidency? What's your prediction? I don't think there's enough time to really do anything. Um, I, you know, I don't think they're going to enact the 25th. Uh, I heard some people talking about enacting uh, uh, the 14th Amendment, Section 3 of, of uh, the 14th Amendment, which would get rid of, uh, I mean, presumably get rid of Trump and also get rid of the, uh, the senators or anyone else who supported I guess if they, they would have to make the case that they actually did support insurrection and then that would remove them as well. Hmm. Um, but I, I was reading. I haven't that, heard that, that argument, the 14th amendment. I, I'll have to look into that one. Do you have, do you have that in front of you? What the, geez, um, I, I, it sounds bad. I'm not even, yeah. I, I guess it would have to do with something uh, that came right after the civil war, I, I think. Hmm. Um Right, I think the thirteenth bans slavery, and what is the fourteenth? Um, yeah. yeah, what's the fourteenth amendment? If you have it right in front of you. All right, so section three of the fourteenth amendment states: No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress, or elector of president and vice president, or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States, under or under any state who have previously taken taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislator or as an executive or judicial officer to support the Constitution of the United States or shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. Mm -hmm. So that's what yeah, they would so, be. So that... Yeah, that was one of those uh, Civil War amendments that came in right after the Civil War, um, you know, kind of to prevent, um, I guess, you know, ex-Confederates from becoming members of Congress. And, 
I do think that there were still a few that somehow slipped through the cracks. Yeah, which we we, we are un, um, unprecedented times that we really have to dig out some of these yeah. crazy Civil War laws because I, they, I guess, they're relevant. I mean, they're, they're they're relevant to the conversation. Yeah. Um. So I mean, Very. like, do I do I think they're going to take the route of the Fourteenth? Maybe. Like, will anything happen from that? Like, do I expect Hawley and Cruz to be removed? No, I don't. Um, do I expect Pence in the cabinet to pull the 25th? I don't. Um, do I think that they'll impeach him? Yes. I, I, I definitely think they'll impeach him. I don't think that they, I mean, we, well, we have 10 days or nine now really to, yeah. to remove the guy from office. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, there, there could be, I mean, I, I, it's possible he could resign. That might be the best thing for him to do. For him um, and for the country. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think we're going to see that either. Uh, what was it? Uh, Clyburn, he was saying that they, they, he, he expects the, the impeachment stuff to be like finished after Biden's first 100 days. So like at that point, like what's mm-hmm. what's the point? Like I, I guess you know if you well, once you if you want to guarantee that he can't run for office again or you know be denied Secret Service protection, yeah. like if that stuff is really like really important, then I guess that's the avenue you have to pursue. But I think a hundred days after the twentieth, yeah, I I'm not sure. I mean, there's, there's going to be so much going on, man. That might. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be the burning issue in everyone's mind, and I don't think. Yeah, um, but we have to get there first, and I think there's still a lot of concern that Donald Trump today, as of this recording, this is January 10th, and I usually release these a day after. Um, but as of now, he still is the most powerful person in the world, and will be for another 10 days. And he basically supported an insurrection against this country. Uh, And who knows what else he's planning, if he is planning something else. I do think that there is a a major risk in allowing him to stay in office, um, especially if there's a good chance that he's going to be brought up on criminal charges once he's out of office. Um, And there was a possibility these charges were going to get brought up against him before what happened. And now there's even more talk about this. Pat Toomey, um, a Republican senator today, said that uh, he thinks that there's a possibility that Trump uh, did something criminal and could be could be liable. Um, so, you know, if you're Trump and, and, and you're thinking that there's a good chance you're going to be sitting in prison for the rest of your life. Um, you know, uh, that basically might mean that he should do whatever he can stay in office so he doesn't have to go to jail you know and that's a that's a scary thing Mm -hmm. so i I do think that it's it's important that uh number one i I think hopefully he just he just resigns but i don't think that's going to happen um the next best thing i think is is mike pence um invoking the 25th amendment uh which was basically put in place uh in the in the event of of the president becoming incapacitated. Um, there actually is a legal debate whether or not the 25th Amendment would even be relevant here. Uh, but 
you know, I, I, I don't really know how that debate would play out and being that there's only 10 days left, you know, e even him just uh, temporarily um, losing his powers under the 25th, I think would be, you know, a, a big help because we just got to make it to the 20th. Because um, mm. the 25th Amendment uh, was basically, you know, what happens if the president uh, gets sick and he's in a coma or something and he's unable to do to fulfill the duties of being uh, a president. Um, in that case, the vice president would take over. Um, the problem here is that Donald Trump is able to perform the duties of being president. That's why everyone's so afraid, mm -hmm. right? Um, not because he's in a coma. Uh, so, you know, there is a legal question on whether or not um, the 25th would even be able to be invoked, but it should be attempted. Um, and impeachment is is important. You know, the the, the House is supposedly going to going to um, uh, submit their uh, impeachment paperwork tomorrow already. So on Monday. So hopefully that gets reviewed and, and voted on right away. Um, it will definitely pass the House because the, the Democrats control the House. And there's going to be a lot of Republicans that that support the impeachment uh, effort as well, unlike the last time. Um, and uh, and then it's up to the Senate to convict them or not. I mean, I don't see why they can't do this before the end of the week. There's just just no reason. I mean, con I, I mean, Washington moves slow as shit, so uh, it, it's probably not going to get done just because they're slow and because I think Mitch McConnell is going to probably do what he can to uh, deflect things a little bit. He just won re-election, he, so he's good for another 60 years. It's not like, you know, he's got an immediate election concern. Um, and, uh, you know, but there are uh, quite a few Republican senators that I think would join the Democrats here in, in voting to convict him. Um, quite a few of them have already come out and, and already went over the list, but that's just who we know. You know, right. there's been there's a few that have been quiet. They haven't given def definitive answers one way or another. Let the House do what they got to do, get it done, move it over to the Senate immediately and, and let the Senate vote. You know, this has to has to move forward. Um, and, and I think it's important that uh, Trump not be able to uh, seek public office again, um, although that does present other problems, which we can't get into. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I'm, I'm going on for a while here. But I, th I think if, if they well, if, if we or when we decide that impeachment's going to be the route we're going to take, I mean, think of how long the last impeachment process took with the whole Mueller investigation and I mean, that was not like a quick process. That took a long time. And I'm sure there'd be a whole well, investigation into who knew what and whose involvement with everything. Yeah, I think it'd be a long drawn out well, thing, which I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm going to say I wouldn't expect it to be a quick process. Well, it's different this time because Congress, all the, con the individual Congress people were witnesses to what happened. They were there. So there's no need to call on witnesses to question for this. You know, everybody experienced it firsthand. You know, Trump incited a mob to come storm the Capitol. And that's they all they all saw it firsthand. So mm -hmm. 
this could get, you know, the ball and this could move very quickly uh, if they have the will to do it. And the, uh, apparently the articles of impeachment are already drafted by the House. It just needs to be put to a vote. And I think they're going to do that tomorrow already, I believe. Of course, I, I think things will get slowed down once it moves over to the Senate. Um, I, I don't think uh, Mitch McConnell really wants to have a vote on it, but I, I think he, uh, I think, I think his mind could change. You know, once um, once the House does its job, uh, you know, I. I <laughs> I, I really don't know. I, I, I don't I, I don't know um, um, if this would be able to get done fast or not. Um, but I, I think the house could be done doing what they have to do within within uh, within a day or so. Really, it's just whether or not uh, the house. The, I mean, the Senate takes it up. That's really the question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point, man. Um, I think also it's it's man, it's a dangerous time to be an elected official right now, and especially a Republican that may or may not be in line with the president. I just see those, those videos of Mitt Romney and um, Lindsey Graham getting harassed in the airport. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's going to oh, be, yeah. if you're not on team Trump, expect that to Even happen Mike to Pence. you. Yeah. They, 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 yeah they, were, they were chanting, hang Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence. Yeah. And they brought a noose. Yeah. They had, they, they had a noose. Yeah, I mean that's that was definitely so, uh, premeditated. They didn't, like you know they didn't build the fucking gal yeah. whim when they were down there. No, right. they not like ready to ready with that thing. Right, right, right. yeah. It was a full on gallo. <laughs> not just a noose on on a tree. This was something that was constructed out of wood and and had the noose. Scary shit, man. I mean, yeah, there was definitely a lot of premeditation that went into this for sure, and. Mm -hmm. They had to have known, you know, the, the people at the top, they, they had to have known, um, you know, um, yeah, I, yeah. people yeah, I, have I been saying it for years. Oh, I, I would say that right now it is a given, it is a given that there will be political assassinations against members of Congress who turn their back on Donald Trump. I, 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 would, it, it would, I would, my mind would be blown if everyone comes out of this alive. That's scary stuff, man. Um, and, you know, last week you correctly predicted that there would be blood on Wednesday. And you were right. You said there will be deaths, and you were right. So hearing you make this prediction uh, is very alarming to me. Um, I, I, you know, nobody deserves to die, you know, no matter what role they played in this Um Right. And, 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 you know, and given that fact, I mean, it also makes it, I, it makes it not surprising, not surprising that so many Republicans in the House voted in favor to oppose a certification because I think it's seriously, yeah. people will come after them if they, if they voted not to, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean don't underestimate MAGA, what they're capable of. But uh, yeah, we uh, yeah we talked about, or we, we briefly mentioned the the, the, the deaths here. So yeah, let's hang out here a moment and talk about those who uh, mm -hmm. lost their lives. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I mean, especially that, that officer, um, um, Brian Sicknick, Officer Sicknick, uh, my heart definitely goes out to him and his family. Um, the man was supposedly it's savagely beat fire extinguisher. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the people on the right are supposed to be the ones that are on the side of the police, right? I mean, they were, as they were raiding the Capitol, they had thin blue line flags with them. That's the American flag with the, with the one blue line to, to mm -hmm. show support to the police. I, I mean, you can't say that you, you support the police at the same time you're killing them. So uh, a lot of hypocrisy. Um, yeah, I, I just I just feel horrible. Um, yeah, and there were a few other deaths too. Uh, right, but there was an officer that uh, um, Howard, uh, I think he pronounced his last name, Liebengood, a 15-year-old, 15-year veteran of the U.S. Capitol Police. He committed suicide today. Mm. Uh, yeah, the, I heard that. The details on that haven't come yeah. out yet, but that's another tragic loss of life. Um, also during the insurrection, 35-year-old Ashley Babbitt, she was gunned down while trying to storm the chambers of Congress. Mm -hmm. Air Force veteran. Yeah. Um, That's so crazy. Air Force veteran storming the chambers of Congress. Gunned down. Air Force veteran and uh, QAnon enthusiast. Yeah. Um, supposedly she had, she was all, she, you know, she was a, a huge Trump supporter and believed in the QAnon conspiracy theories um, and that stuff will just really just chew up your mind and, and, and radicalize you and a lot of these people had QAnon t-shirts and sweatshirts on and whatnot and mm -hmm. uh, it seems to be a, a, a theme that you know a, a common a common uh denominator among a lot of these these rioters was the, the q stuff but anyway yeah. uh continue but um yeah also roseanne boylan 34 trampled to death and then those were those were the the real tragic ones and then uh, also uh, mm -hmm. benjamin phillips 50 years old had a stroke at the event and then a kevin greason suffered a heart attack those are uh, I, I, I guess yeah. one could make the argument that the events of the day had worked these these uh these two people up so much that pushed them over the edge. Guy had a heart attack and a guy had a stroke yeah. from from uh, from the excitement of I think insanity. Yeah, I think I think one of, at least one of them, one of those two, had a, a history of high blood pressure mm -hmm. and whatnot. So it was like overexcitement, and the guy just just collapsed. Um, but again, I, I really feel bad for the for the officer. Um, you know, the, the girl who got shot. I mean, nobody deserves to die or anything. But if you're storming a federal building and there are people there pointing guns, saying "Don't enter, get back," and you disobey them, what do you? What the hell do you think is going to happen? You know. And if she wasn't shot, that doorway would have been breached. And uh, who knows? Maybe they would have got to the senators and, and, and the Congress, the, the, uh, the House members, 
You know, they were essentially while these people are trying to get in, uh, this is where the uh, the vote certification was taking place. Congress was was in session. It was a, a, a joint session of Congress. Imagine they got in while, you know, Congress was still in the building. Mm-hmm. That would have been really bad, you know. So, I mean, that officer who shot the lady, um, I don't think we know who it was at this point, but um, I don't really think he did anything wrong, to be honest with you. Um, even though the lady was unarmed, uh, she was illegally entering a building and a, a, a signal had to be sent to the rest of the uh, intruders that, that you, you can't pass beyond this point. Um, it's sad to say, but I, I don't necessarily think he uh, made a mistake in doing that. No, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is they were trying to in, enter the house when it was in session. That was their goal, was to get in there with mm-hmm. our Congress people. And what they would have done with yes. them when they got there, who the fuck knows? But you can, you know they came planned right. for it. I mean, you had the guy there with zip ties. You had people getting arrested with firearms on them inside the Capitol. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was plans. Yeah. They were ready to go firearms, all the way. Firearms, zip ties, bombs, don't forget. Um, this was a planned coup d'etat. There, there's no, no doubt about it. Um, it was an insurrection. It was a coup d'etat. It was... And, and it failed. And, you know, again, tying this to Trump, when this first happened, he was pretty quiet for like the first few hours. And it was really only yeah. after it seemed like Congress was already out and the police were starting to push back the rioters that Trump says on Twitter, all right, everybody go home. We love you, but go home. Uh, you know, it, it, it was kind of after the fact. He, he didn't really discourage it when they were first beginning to, to storm the building. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think it would have been like had he actually marched with the people like you said he was going to? Do you think he actually would have pulled the reins back on the, the chaos or do you think he was put gas on the fire? Gas on the fire. Um, but I don't think he would have put himself in that position. I, I don't think he... Because... Uh, that would have opened him up to uh, to harm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I, I don't think he would actually would have done that. So another lie. He's willing to lie to his own people. Mm-hmm. Don't wear a mask. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. Supposedly these these when, when they were planning, planning this rally and telling people that we're going to, you know, uh, go to the Capitol and whatnot. They were telling people not to wear masks even. Um it, it, Trumpism it's, 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 is really a death cult now, isn't it? Like, if, 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 yeah, you, yeah. if you're MAGA, mm-hmm. you are a member of a death cult. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really sad seeing the Confederate flag inside the Capitol building. Um, yeah. yeah. Along with um, neo-nazi t-shirts that's another one there were people with neo-nazi t-shirts camp auschwitz was was one of them that's disturbing shit right yeah six million wasn't enough uh the uh the 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 kekistan flag that's some dark shit yeah yeah oh man it's absolute desecration um the guy who uh 
looted the uh, Nancy Pelosi's podium. He's been yeah. caught and arrested. Um, uh, another guy they they found today um, who was was chasing a a, a a Capitol police officer around the inside of the building. Um, they they caught him. Um, they seem to be uh, catching a decent amount of these people, uh, which which is which is good. They all deserve. You know, people need to go to prison over this. Yeah, for sure. Um, Absolutely. That's a, um, I, I got some uh, statistics from the LA Times. So this was as of January 7th. So it's not the most up to the date information here, but they had a, uh, mm-hmm. a graph for which violations and what charges were against the pro Trump rioters. Um, most of them curfew violations, 64 people arrested for curfew violations, unlawful entry, 37 people. Carrying a pistol without a license, six. Possession of unregistered ammunition, five. Which is, I don't know how you register ammunition. That's interesting. Um, possession of a large capacity ammunition feeding device, four. Assault on a police officer, only three. As of January 7th, only three on that. Uh, defacing property, there's two. Pos- uh, possession of a prohibited weapon, there's two. Crossing a police line, there was one. And there was a uh, possession of a firearm on Capitol grounds, there was one. And then <laughs> intoxication, uh, riots, resisting arrest, unregistered firearm. And that's basically the, the, the charges that were against these people. Uh, I'm surprised there's only one, only one for intoxication. That's interesting. Yeah, right. Oh man. You see that video of the cop getting crushed in the doorway? Oh my god. If that's not one of the most disturbing videos I've seen. I mean heartbreaking. Yes, that's heartbreaking. exactly what I was gonna see. That by by far the most disturbing thing I've ever seen on, on regular TV, on cable TV. When I first saw that, I stopped what I was doing and like my heart started beating and I just uh, uh holy shit. And they were like heave hoeing in unison. Oh, it was madness. Crush this guy. Like, yeah. Oh, in, in, insane, man. Really, really sad. Mm-hmm. It actually, this whole event, man, put me in, in, into like a uh, a really bad funk all week. I was in a pretty bad mood for <laughs> quite a few days. Feeling a little bit better today, uh, but. Uh, yeah, just 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 crazy stuff. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, what do you think is going to happen with? Happen with what? Think's going to happen with? What do you think is going to happen with the uh, uh, the members of Congress who are accused of like egging on the pro-Trump rioters? Uh, the media is just going to drag them through the dirt, and I think that's going to be the extent of what happens. Um, like for for Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, their supports, their support structure and their home states, I don't think is enough to be shifted away. Um, like like Missouri was such a red state, all right. Like like the, the like the divide was already in Missouri, right? Like you know, there's there's no Democrats that were really going to be persuaded to vote for Josh Hawley to begin with in the first place. There was, uh, and I, I think really, if if Josh Hawley turns his back on Trump, that would 
that would definitely put a target on his back to be primaried out. Same thing with Ted Cruz, I think, down in Texas. A lot of people in Texas, obviously a majority of people in Texas love Ted Cruz. That's why he keeps getting reelected in his district. Like, do you really think that the, that the actions of what happened on Wednesday was enough to take away support for Ted Cruz? Well, there could be support now from from the other side. Uh, there could be they could be primaried by Republicans who are not Trump Republicans. You know, basically saying, "Look at these cowards!" You know, they uh, basically, you know, towed the line for Trump, pushed his lies and bullshit, almost caused a civil war. I mean, I think there's a very strong case to be made for a, a primary challenger. To both these guys, whether or not it happens, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see. I think, let's be honest too, there is a lot of people that support civil war, especially in Texas. (laughs) That's, I mean, Mm -hmm. when when you talk about secession in modern America, no one talks about secession like Texas talks about secession. Like that's yeah, yep. Something to be taken That's seriously. Same, I mean, like California talks about secession. Uh, the Northeast talks about secession. I mean, Texas is, is like old school advocating for secession. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think there's a lot of people in, in that, that, that fit that demographic that want to see Ted Cruz not change at all. Same thing with Josh Howley. That's true. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, Cruz did have a tight, tight election. No, Texas is changing. It's becoming, it's becoming bluer um, by the election. You know, every election is uh, the trends are definitely in the Democrats' favor here. I wouldn't be surprised if twenty twenty four. I mean, we'll have to see who's running on both sides, but mm-hmm. hey, Texas could go blue pretty soon. Uh, Ted Cruz, his reelection. Uh, was actually fairly close. Uh, I, I don't remember the ele- exact percentages, but he was up against um, what's his name? Um, Robert, Roberto. Take away your O'Rourke. guns! Hell yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Beto O'Rourke, uh, and uh, he had a pretty narrow win over Beto. Mm-hmm. So things are changing here. Yeah, yeah. Beto definitely overperformed. I felt in that election. Um, yeah, yeah. Beto O'Rourke. That's, that's a whole other conversation. Of, yeah. Interesting, <laughs> interesting guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was there in Iowa the day he uh, he dropped out. Man, I felt I felt absolutely terrible for the people who came, who came to see him. <laughs> and people traveled really? across the country to Iowa to to you know to stand in, in support with him. He was like, "Oh, sorry, guys, I, I'm out." I and didn't was- understand it, man. Like what that guy was thinking. He lost lost the Senate race. So he mm-hmm. thinks he's qualified to be president. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think a similar thing is going to happen. When does to, that make sense? It, well, I think a similar thing is going to happen to John Ossoff. I think this uh, attention is going to go to his head. He's going to think he's uh, hotter shit than what he actually is. He's going to run for president and be made a fool of. Yeah, well, he actually won. You know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good lost. Point. He lost that Senate Senate right. race. Well, I, I, just like yeah. the, I mean, it's just like fucking Amy McGrath, where. Like the support is misconstrued. Like people, all right, Democrats hate Ted Cruz more than they like Beto O'Rourke. Like same thing with uh, yeah. like Purdue. People hate Purdue more than they like John Ossoff. People hate Mitch McConnell more than they like Amy McGrath. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's just you know that's the way you know national politics works nowadays. All politics are national. 
all politics are local. Yep. Very true. Um, you think that, uh, you know, we're talking about su- succession and stuff and uh, changes to, you know, I guess the country at large. You think D.C. is going to become a state now? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it's going to happen. It will happen. And the next four years, well, actually, well, <laughs> they better do it quick. If they don't do it within the next two years, it's probably not going to happen. If, it's, That's I'm, what not... I'm, thinking. I'm thinking within the next, I'm thinking within the next year and a half, we're going to see a major push to make Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. its own state. Yeah, it's a prediction. If the Democrats are serious, I mean, they need to jump on it now and get that ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the iron's hot right now. And in two years, there's mm-hmm. still a strong possibility that Republicans are going to win back either the Senate or the House. So if, if they're going to do they it. They'll have the advantage. Because, yeah. Yeah. And, advantage yeah. always goes to the party that doesn't hold the White House. Mm-hmm. So midterm elections favor the party that's not in the white house which will be republicans in 2022 um and the reason why we're talking about um washington dc possibly becoming a state now is because um the mayor wasn't able to call in the national guard because it's a federal city she doesn't have that kind of power but if she was the governor then she would have been able to call in um the national guard uh, and put down the riots much quicker. A lot of criticism um, about how the police handled the riots and everything. Yeah. You know, there's talk about some some officers possibly colluding with the, uh, the terrorists. I'm just going to call them terrorists because that's what these they, they were. Um, I, I do you think that there was any collusion? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I mean, everybody has seen the videos now of you know the the cops either like standing down and you know inviting them past barricades, inviting them inside the Capitol. I think, yeah. I think what's important, like, like the the way that I felt about it when I saw those videos, is these police were terrified of the crowd. Most of the time, right. it was one cop versus thousands of people, and any rational right. person. So you got to you. Yeah, in that situation, would have play done nice. the same fucking thing. All right, All right. It's like, right. Yeah, I mean, what sane person by themselves is going to fight back thousands of fucking people? No one, right? So I right. think that's a lot of what we saw happen on Wednesday was just a complete breakdown because there was no police support in these certain certain key yeah. aspects um, or certain certain that's areas. That's something that needs to be investigated. Why were there so few police? Uh, on the premises you know they had they knew that there was a, a threat you know there was talk of having this major rally for you know for days if not weeks ahead of time they should have been prepared that is worthy of, of investigation right. but yeah there's these videos like you just you talked about with uh you know appearing and the, the cops playing nice with the protesters letting them through if they're that badly outnumbered they have to think of themselves first you know they got families they're trying to go home to um it's like the cops kneeling for the blm protesters you know Mm -hmm. and 
and whatnot, as they're saying, you're a white supremacist, they're, they're, they're kneeling or marching with them. You know, I, I mean, sometimes you, you kind of got to go along just so you don't get your ass beat, you know, just to, to appease the crowd a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I get, we're kind of comparing apples and oranges here, you know, two different things, but it, it's, 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 it's very similar. You know, those videos do not necessarily mean that the police were colluding. However, um, there is still concern that there may have been a few cops who uh, were sympathetic and uh, did help out. Uh, James Clyburn, um, you mentioned him before. Uh, I saw him, I think it was on CNN yesterday, talking about how somehow the rioters knew where his office was and supposedly he doesn't have a name up on his door but somehow they knew where to find his office. So they could have only done that if they had inside information. Hmm. So, you know, um, maybe it wasn't the police. So it could have been uh, information they obtained from, from members of Congress. Yeah. You know, there were some members of Congress egging these people on uh, people in the crowds. Uh, what's this guy's name? Um, Hang on here. Uh, Congressman Paul Gosar um, from Arizona, uh, Wednesday morning, right before the uh, the rampaging started, uh, sent sent out a picture looking like he was in the crowd. Um, I could be wrong because I think he would have been with the rest of Congress at this time. So maybe it was just a picture that somehow he got. But he sends out this tweet. <laughs> Uh, of basically it looked like he was in the crowd in the sea of Trump supporters and, and said, Bi- Biden should concede. I want his concession on my desk tomorrow morning. Don't make me come over there. That's oh. what he tweeted at like oh. 11 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very possible that they were members of Congress that were working with the, these rioters too. Yeah. You know, I think also what I, I, I haven't seen any media reports on it, but I think with the House being in session and with the uh, or the, the joint session being in session and with them having to be evacuated, I think that's probably where a lot of the police presence went was with them to protect yeah. them. You know what I mean? That like mm-hmm. probably a, a majority of the police that were on the campus at that time were sent to protect our Congress people and their aides, which we're talking yeah. hundreds of people. Yeah, so I think I think when the investigations launched and finalized, that's what they're going to find probably mostly. I'm not saying that other shenanigans didn't happen. There seem to be some, but I think that's probably what most mm-hmm. likely happened. Um, <laughs> speaking of other people doing stupid shit while they were there, there was that this this Derek Evans guy. He was a uh, uh, a member of the West Virginia House of Delegates. He was a guy that live streamed himself at this event. <laughs> so, he, so he was caught on this live stream saying things like they're making an announcement right now saying if Pence betrays you, you better get your mind right because we're storming that building. And then later on, he says <laughs> he's live streaming on Facebook. He go, he enters the Capitol. He says, we're in, he says in his video, we're in. Derek Evans is in the Capitol. 
<laughs> wow. What an idiot. <laughs> Make no mistakes. My name is Derek Evans. I'm from West Virginia, House yeah. of Delegates. I am in the Capitol. So yeah, he, he got arrested. Uh, but uh, speaking of uh, other people that were arrested, this uh, Christopher Alberts, guy of Maryland. He uh, he was carrying a handgun on him, um, which is not legal to do in D.C., especially not inside the Capitol. Right. right. There was this 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 Cleveland Grover Meredith dude. He got caught saying about Nancy Pelosi, "I'm going to put a bullet in her noggin on live TV." He was also found with a handgun and a, they call it an assault rifle, but it's a, a bullpup uh, X95, which is like some like crazy looking sci-fi shit. They're cool rifles actually, but that's not, that's definitely no hunting rifle. Yeah. Right. Right. I know what, and I then, know what that is from Call of Duty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, oh yeah. And Lonnie, Lonnie Coffin. That's the, the dude out of Alabama that was busted with 11 Molotov cocktails. He had uh, M4s in his uh, bed of his truck. Also, the way they found that guy was they were looking for the bombs at the RNC, saw he had a handgun in the passenger side of the pickup truck. And so, like, shit, we should probably take a look at this. And then what do you know? Hey, look, we found it was a homemade napalm and mason jars. Yeah. And, that, and M4s. And that truck was sitting there for four hours. It was sitting there for four hours and they didn't notice it. Yeah, um, Our security really needs to be beefed up. It needs to be looked at in a big way. You know, what the hell? How, how did this this happen? Um, we got really lucky. Yeah. Well, I think um, we've, you know, we've been... And then there was the, the mat... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you get because I was gonna, I was gonna ask you something completely different. So, yeah, as, uh, I think we've been, we've been barreling towards this type of event for a long time now, and this is why. I mean, mm -hmm. since the beginning of the the BLM riots in Antifa when they started setting fucking cities on fire, anybody who supported those people back then, you look like fucking idiots now. Everybody who was saying defund the police, everybody was saying all cops are bastards. Everyone that was saying that the, the looting and the burning was justified. You are all right. fucking hypocrites. Because look what you're saying now. It, when, it, yeah, when the tides right. are turned, when it's, when it's the other side doing it, they're evil. They're the ones that need to be put right. down by the police. This is like the, the, the hypocrisy. That, that hypocrisy is, 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 is never ending on both fucking sides, the far left and the far right. And that is the, the, the one thing I can't stand the most in our political divide right now is that it's, it's all this whataboutism, right? So, like, you know, well, Antifa yeah. fucking burnt down cities all goddamn summer. Motherfucker, I don't give a shit what Antifa burnt down. It was still wrong. It, wasn't, it, it didn't make storming the Capitol a, a good thing either, right? It's right, it's, right. I mean, this is this is what politics has become, and like this type of shit isn't over. Like if you if you think the insurrection mm -hmm. on Wednesday is the last time something like that's gonna happen, like in the near future, I'm sorry, but you are mistaken. This is just getting started, and where we're headed mm -hmm. is way darker than what I think anybody is even prepared for. Yeah. So, so two things um, I, I want to respond to. Uh, 
number one, the, uh, the there's a lot of people out there who are trying to make this connection to racism, right? Like everything else, right? What if all these Trump supporters are black people? They would have been treated yeah. very differently from the police. Just look at what happened during yeah. the BLM riots, yeah. right? right? Well, about- no, because the BLM, the the BLM riots or protests, well, let's call them protests. Those were anti-cop protests. They were going out specifically to, to chant, fuck the police, to spit in their faces, to antagonize the police. That's what they were trying to do. So, I, I mean, there was a, a, the, a very negative atmosphere from the get-go between the police and the protesters, right? Um, and, and the police had to be there because that's their job. Um, even the, the looting of businesses was kind of not so much a, uh, an intended slap in the face for the businesses. It was really an intended slap in the face of the cops because the people are saying, look, we're going to do what you're telling us not to do. You know, your job is to enforce the law. We're going to we're going to break it just, you know, to say, fuck you. So uh, the BLM riots were anti-cop riots you know, in, in its purest form. Uh, so uh, of, of course is going to be, you're going to expect um, there to be m- uh, much more of a tussle between the police and the protesters in that type of situation. Um, and, and the other thing you were talking about um, this not being over, Twitter is warning of another possible attack um, on, on the 17th and another one possibly on inauguration day on the 20th. Um, and that's part of their reasoning for kicking Trump off the platform. Um, just because they don't want him to, I, I guess, be able to, uh, um, you know, encourage people to meet like he was, you know, he was telling people, I expect you to be there on the 6th. It's going to be a wild rally, you know. Um, they don't want them to be able to do that again. Uh, but supposedly there is chatter of there being another event on the 17th. I don't know why the 17th, but that's the day. Um, and uh, supposedly people are saying to bring more guns, bring more more weapons. Um, you know, we, we just better hope that uh, security is beefed up before then um, and maybe this won't even happen uh, but uh, who knows that's that's what Twitter is saying they're very concerned about something happening on the 17th yeah, yeah I'm not I'm not up to speed of what's going down on the 17th but yeah I guess they were trying to get people boots yeah, on the ground not a lot of information time. out on it yeah, yeah. The, uh, the 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 big event that I've seen planned for the 20th is the million militia march so that's like yeah, a heard straight up too. calling for militias to descend on washington on inauguration day and if that doesn't send a chill down your spine that that should yeah i, I don't care what side of the political spectrum that you're on that should terrify you and people are going to show mm-hmm. up all right what's um there was a in our uh yang yang roundtable group chat the other day it was talking about how about 75 million people voted for Trump. If 1%, if just 1% of that 75 million decide they're going to go do stupid shit, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people. It's like, yeah, an incredible amount, an incredible amount, like enough to actually mm-hmm. kick something crazy off. 
I, it's uh, mm-hmm. I, there's been all this stupid bullshit talk about. Uh, well, I say bullshit in the moment. But there's, there's every, everybody on Parlor right now is talking about how Donald Trump's like declaring martial law tonight and is going to go uh, arrest Nancy Pelosi and all this stupid shit. Well, that's definitely not going to happen tonight. I can I can tell you that. But on inauguration day. If, I think that the potential definitely does exist for martial law to be declared because of just the wanton violence that is that potentially exists, right? I mean, like the, the, the potential for it to exist is a very real thing. Yeah. And Wednesday proved totally. it. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess you support the, uh, the Twitter ban. That being said. What are your thoughts? Um, see, all right. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't think I support removing every all all of his posts from the platform. In fact, I don't think it's legal. I, 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 I definitely don't think Twitter has the authority to do that. I mean, what's funny is if if you go back like last month, there was like these fifteen Democratic attorney generals that were like terrified that Trump was going to delete his own Twitter. And then that would like it would erase the publicly owned historical record, right? And so and the Twitter just comes in, pulls a plug on it. So like, where the fuck were these fifteen Democratic assholes from last month that were all up in arms about preserving the historical record for the public? Where are they at now? They're like, yeah. nope. Thank the God blessed Twitter for pulling this neo Nazi off the platform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think right. it's the right thing to do. I I, I ban ban him from using the platform. Sure, suspend his suspend his account from being able to post things. But yeah, like just just like the fucking Capitol building belongs to me, and the way those people treated on Wednesday was completely disrespectful to me and the entire American public. Twitter deciding deciding to deny me access to the publicly owned historical record is just as egregious. Maybe all right. Maybe, yeah, maybe not just as. Maybe not just that. Maybe I misspoke. Overreached there just a little bit. It's a little different. However, yeah, it it, it is uh it is it's public property, and they shouldn't be fucking with it like that. Right. Early on in, in Trump's me. presidency, they 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 did say that Trump's Twitter account, the statements that he puts out on there are official White House statements. Right, and, and they, they know, people Twitter were freaking just unilaterally. Out. Yeah, Twitter just unilaterally like people, decides like, to like, erase erase it. You know, hopefully after right. he's out of office, they they bring back his past tweets because we should be able to look into that and and you know just 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 for research purposes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know if they want to kick him off the platform. I don't like censorship in general. I don't think people should be getting kicked off the platform. But Donald Trump, right now is in a very unique situation where I do believe he poses an existential threat to the country. And if that's the case, that needs to take precedent over, over anything else. So him being kicked off the platform right now is probably the right call, but I agree with you. Uh, the, his past tweets should still be available to the public. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's another double standard and it's more hypocrisy from both extremes of the political spectrum like if you remember back when when i think it was right when trump took office trump misspelled a word and deleted the tweet 
and then reposted the tweet with the correct spelling, and people freaked the fuck out. That that's a violation of the Presidential Records Act of 1978. You can't do that. And now Twitter just, oh, nope. Turns out that shit doesn't matter anymore, guys. The terms is, yeah. should have read the terms of service. Kafefi, <laughs> kafefi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it was hilarious, hilarious. That, that, that became a whole thing, I'm, 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 an everlasting meme yeah. that will never. He, like, you can you can remove tw- uh, mm-hmm. Trump from Twitter, but you can never delete Kafefi. That's here to stay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then there's Parler, the Parler app. You can remove from Apple, Amazon, and the Google platforms. Parler, of course, is like an alternative to Twitter where supposedly they are 100% First Amendment free speech. They will not censor anything. They will not ban anybody from using the platform. Um, That's not how true. Do you, I, I'm, I, it's not true? No, okay. I, mean, you I don't can't know go much parlor. about Parler. Yeah. No, I mean you can't you can't go in there, you know, dropping in bombs. Like like there there is moderation. They they okay. do remove remove posts. Like you can't also call for wanton violence there either. They will remove some content. But that 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 is where that is where like the wild QAnon shit, like the wild MAGA deep conspiracy stuff exists too. So if you want to like just yeah. like if you want to get a glimpse inside there, that's where you gotta go as parlor. And well, I guess if you don't have the app now, well, then I guess you're kind of out the club. But like, there was people yeah. on there to, I, I mean, like right, right before we started this podcast, saying that the, the Pope had just been arrested, and like, I mean, crazy shit. Like, yeah, it's 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 insane. It's insane. Um, That's but, fake. Obviously, the Pope wasn't arrested. You're saying, right? No, no, but yeah, his uh. His, okay. I guess, his personal doctor died. He, his personal doctor died from complications related to COVID nineteen, and there was like there was a large security presence in the in the Vatican, and then so like you take, there's like one picture of like a bunch of black SUVs and QAnon goes crazy. Oh my God, they arrested the Pope. Trump's an act of martial law. There, he's gonna <laughs> rile up all the pedophiles. Yeah! Wow! 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 Uh, insane so how do you feel about parlor being removed from google apple and amazon it's a bad idea you can't snuff it out there they are always going to find a different mm-hmm. platform so yeah, but you shut down parlor mm-hmm. well, what's that going to leave well they, they can make a new platform which i think trump will do i think after trump leaves office he's going to make his own media empire it's going to include social media their own app which they can try to you know remove from the app store people can still access it or you're going to push people to even further um, more to the fringe. So that's where, you know, um, yeah. uh, 4chan, um, 8con, uh, Daily Stormer, like those are the platforms which will welcome these people with open arms, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, every time you, every time you whack this mole over here, another one pops up. And eventually, you're just going to push people further and further into their ideologies in an unhealthy manner. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, uh, yeah, you know, one thing like, that... well, just real quick, like we mentioned, or I mentioned mm-hmm. that there is moderation to some level and some extent regarding violence and hate speech that do exist on Parler. They do not exist always on these other platforms. 
So if, mm-hmm. if you want interest, yeah. I mean, like let's maybe let's be honest. There there is a crazy level of of racism that does exist in the fringe, MAGA and Q corners. Like that's that's indisputable. It's all it's always been there on the right, especially uh, anti-Jewish sentiment, uh, anti-black sentiment. That stuff is is rampant, rampant on these sites. Like that 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 type of language and the call for violence against those groups is celebrated on these other channels, and that's what's not happening on Parlor. Well, that's good. It doesn't happen on there. Um, you know, one thing that just really struck me when I heard that Parlor was banned was that. You know, I, I remember a few months ago arguing um, why Twitter shouldn't be censoring people. And one of the criticisms that people always, uh, you know, one of the pushbacks I always got was if you don't like Twitter, just join Parler, you know, yeah. use a different <laughs> platform. That's that's capitalism. You know, if you don't like one product, just buy the competitor. And now they're kind of big tech is kind of colluding in a way to make that impossible. So. You know, so, I mean, part of the argument all along was these tech companies are so powerful. They're kind of like quasi governments in their own right. And when they're getting together to enact policy, it does make it impossible for competitors to sprout up and uh, and and, you know, be a more open platform or, or whatever they're trying to do. So I, I don't so, uh, know how I feel about getting rid of Parler. Maybe temporarily, you know, as we're in this transition, because we are in a really unique position right now, um, you know, but permanently, I, I don't think that would be the right thing to do. Uh, you gonna you gonna buy the dip tomorrow? Buy the dip in Twitter? <laughs> uh, what are you saying? You think it's going down? I think I think the Twitter stock price definitely will be affected, and I, I think Trump uh, off it. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, I mean, Trump, he was responsible uh-huh. for a, a lot of traffic on the site, and I, I, yeah, I think yeah. Um, that's I think interesting uh, call. Yeah, I mean, it'll be reflected in the stock price momentarily. I think there will be a dip. It's not going to crash. Twitter's not going anywhere. They're one of the biggest tech giants on the fucking planet. Like. Like, like Twitter is bigger than Donald right. Trump. Like they can they can survive without him. Mm-hmm. But oh, for sure. But if I mean, there's also an argument to, to make. There's an argument to be made that Twitter will be a less toxic place without Donald Trump, and therefore users might stay on it longer or something. You know, I don't really know how kicking Trump off would have, would uh, impact Twitter. If everybody migrates over to another app, the parlor or something, that would hurt Twitter. But if if there's collusion among big tech like there is making that difficult, then people aren't going to be able to go over to parlor or whatever other app. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's also not just parlor. There's um, there's a Gab. Um, there used to be oh, yeah, Vote. Gab. I think Vote's I think Vote's dead now. Um, is it uh, Telegram? Um, I mean, there's lots of platforms out there, and I mean, if they would have to seriously. I mean, if they would have basically the the tech media giants, if they're really serious about this, they're going to have to like go to war 
with all these different platforms. Mm-hmm. And I, man, I don't think that's a good way to go about it either. I mean, if you, you know, if you're in support of section two thirty, well, or if you're against it, I think uh, them censoring or removing people from platforms or removing access to certain applications that is definitely making the case for removal of 230 and you're not doing yourselves any favors or like, you know, the, this, uh, you know, all, all the cries and accusations of persecution against conservative uh, points of view on the internet. Well, I mean, Google and Apple banning parlor is, is more fuel to that argument. Yeah, it's, yeah, it definitely does add fuel. Yeah, which I think also there's there's the the distinction is also never quite made between like the 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 hard right, the hard like conspiracy nuts on the right, and then like you know general conservative points of view, like the mm-hmm. um um like pro life like pro life sentiments aren't censored on Twitter. Like you might get some, some backlash from people on the platform, but like that stuff's not like, they're not hunting down pro-life people and like shutting them up or shutting them out. Like an active, an active um, like force against them. Like they are against like QAnon. Like they, they've been, they've been banning thousands of QAnon people off, off of Twitter, like all year, all last year. Like that's, yeah, that's nothing new. Like, Twitter's been dropping the ban hammer like crazy for, I mean, yep, all last year. It's just did it work? <laughs> I don't think so. They <laughs> no, were all it, in but, the Capitol no, on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, when you it, push these people off the biggest platform, you know, they just they just migrate somewhere else, you know, to some darker corner of the internet and become even more radicalized there and you know convinced that uh, big, big tech is out to get us the democrats and big tech they're colluding and uh it's it just it just further radicalizes people i think mm-hmm. um yeah maybe I, I i encourage everyone I encourage everyone to check out these these dark corners of the internet to see for yourself what really is out there and what the, how these people engage with each other and how they behave. Because if you've never seen it, I mean, it's I think it's important to be educated on what's happening. So, Parler, 4chan, Acon, um, I, I think it's important just to see it with your own eyes, so you're not. I mean, so you, so you're not like blown away when something like the insurrection happens right like oh oh, oh, didn't see this coming you know (laughs) yeah right 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 that's that's a good good call um one other thing that i think we could have talked about earlier but uh we kind of skipped over it i have it in in my notes here and i don't want to forget about this um matt gates and some other People in Congress were quickly pointing their finger at Antifa, saying that Antifa had co-opted the the Trumpers and uh, they instigated the raiding of the Capitol and whatnot. And uh, there was even that story that you sent me about the uh, supposedly they were saying that facial recognition software had 
had recognized some Antifa members. And then, of course, the company that owned the software came out and said that that was a false claim. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You think it's possible that there were some Antifa people there or were these all just right wing Trump people? Sure. I mean, definitely might have been. I think what, what people fail to realize, too, yeah. is, I mean, Antifa and the far right have a lot in common, and that's taking down the establishment mm -hmm. government. Like they have that shared common interest. So if it's Antifa burning shit down or if it's MAGA storming the, the Capitol, it's the same fucking thing. It's the same fucking thing. There's no difference between the two whatsoever. So it may be, could it have been Antifa? Maybe. It doesn't make a difference. But I, mean, but I tell you what, I don't think it was Antifa that trampled Roseanne Boyle into her death. I don't think it was Antifa that had the, the homemade napalm in his truck. I, I, right. Sure. I mean, was it was Antifa there smashing windows? Maybe, maybe. All right. But it doesn't matter because they're the, they're the fucking they're the two sides, of the same coin. Right. All the people being arrested are, are pretty much hardcore Trump QAnon people. You know, the the the, the, the people who, who died, the girl who was shot, unfortunately, she was a hardcore Trump QAnon person. Um it's possible Antifa was there, but I think Mac Eats was full of shit when he opened his mouth and alleged that Antifa was inciting uh, the chaos. There was at least one uh, Antifa person there that seems like is true. He was there, but he was there to document stuff. This guy, John Sullivan, I don't know if you came across him in your, uh, you know, uh, on the internet at all, but he's a no, uh, I did not. activist. He's actually the founder of an organization called, um, I think, Insurgency USA. Um, and he, he was basically there with uh, somebody else, a, uh, somebody like a colleague, and they were just filming everything that was happening. Um, I didn't watch his videos at all, um, but supposedly he uploaded them to YouTube. And at times it does seem like he is kind of egging on the uh the trump people um like when they were scaling up the walls like i read supposedly he was like yeah go we're making fucking history something like that he said but whether or not he basically what he was doing caused all the violence and the chaos that's a step way too far yeah you, you know Absolutely. this would have happened whether or not he was there or not mm -hmm. you know it, you can't say that antifa had anything to do with the chaos i mean this guy was definitely there videotaping it which means there's a good chance that there could have been other antifa that people there it actually makes sense to me that antifa people uh uh you said that there's a lot of parallels between the the trump people and i mean the far right and the far left and and that is true they don't like the establishment but the antifa people they see themselves as anti-fascists and they see the Trump people as fascists. So hmm. it would make sense to me for Antifa people to masquerade as Trump people and then do bad things because they'll make the Trump people look really bad. I can see that. It, it, you know, it makes logical yeah. sense well, to me. I'm not saying that's well, well, what happened. I don't think it is what happened. All the people that they arrested were Trump people. 
you know, so the evidence isn't going in that direction. And Matt Gates, right, but, but, I mean, I mean, I mean well, that they were that was way but, too uh, during the summer. Matt Gates, I mean, right? I mean, during the summer when uh, when the, like the big BLM riots were going down and cities were, were were burning, I mean, the Boogaloo Boys showed up to a lot of those events too, right? I mean, yep. there's plenty of images Boogaloo walking arm in arm with Black Lives Matter. That's in the true. same cities where all this shit was going down. So that there, that there is a shared common interest. So once again, it doesn't matter yes. if Antifa was there. It doesn't matter if, if it was Antifa because, man, a lot of people were engaged in that crazy behavior. And like just because, who, just because they started it doesn't fucking change the outcome of what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very true. Um, and what's really the most concerning to me um, looking at all of this objectively is uh, – just the willingness uh, to engage in violence um, to uh, further your political ideology or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, both sides, the left and the right, are becoming more accepting of violence. Uh, there was actually a, um, a, 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 an article in Politico that I remember reading a few months ago, and I, I, had, to, I had to find it today. I, I pulled it up. Um, this is from October. Um, and this article is saying that they did a study and uh, like they asked people, uh, how do you feel about violence if your candidate loses? This is before the election. Um, and this year, here's a quote from the article. In September, 44% of Republicans and 41% of Democrats said there would be at least a little justification for violence if the other party's nominee wins the election. Those figures are both up from June when 35% of Republicans and 37% of Democrats expressed the same sentiment. So we're becoming radicalized as a country. You know, both sides are starting to say, hey, violence, it's not that bad as long as you're punching Nazis, you know, or, you know, as long as the election was stolen, then, you know, we're justified. Uh, and and that's, that's incredibly alarming. How, how do we back away from that uh, is going to be the, the, the biggest problem that the new administration has to solve. You know, how do we, how do we uh, calm the nation, lower the temperature, and uh, just act like a civilized society once again? That's what, uh, that's what I'm hoping that, you know, Joe Biden can help us get to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. I, it's uh, one thing that really alarmed me on Wednesday was seeing a, a lot of the way that the leftists reacted to the insurrection was. I think a lot of people were thinking, "It's like, man, like we should do this for Medicare for all. You know, we should do this for the Green New Deal." Like people saw that and were like, "That's what we got to do. That's how you get shit done in Washington. Is wow. you fucking storm the Capitol." Yeah. So I, I think yeah, it's, that it's only is like going to further radicalize people's ambitions on yeah. what can be achieved through, through violence. Which is, I mean, there, there has to I be, think there needs to be more security there from now on, you know, and, and if yeah. people start breaching those doors, you start shooting, you know, I mean, at that mm -hmm. point you breach, you know, you breach the White House, you breach the Capitol or or any kind of building where there's there's government uh, 
work being carried out, it's treason at that point. You know, I mean, I mean, all these people committed treason by entering that building, by breaking windows, by desecrating it. And when you commit treason, uh, you know, if your aim is to overthrow our democracy, I'm sorry. I I just, uh, you know, at at that point, uh, you know, it's, it's, completely justified to use force to defend our democracy. So if we need to have more cops, more guns, more security moving forward, the lack of police on site is just unacceptable and definitely needs to be investigated. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're totally right. But I think we're also dealing with a, with a, a situation where like the, like the, the way that you feel about the subject, the situation, like the passion that you feel, the conviction that you feel is exactly the same way they feel about their position as well. Right. Like if, if you, if you ask them, these people had stormed the Capitol, like in, in, in the bottom of their heart, do they think that what they did was justified and necessary? I think almost all of them would say yes, that they were, they were yeah, the, they were I, the... I, mean, I have no doubt that they do. They're, they're radicalized, though. You know, we need to we need to purge radicalization, you know, <laughs> from our country. And I, I don't know. It's gonna take. It's gonna take education. It's gonna take a leader who who doesn't incite people like what Trump does. You know, we need we need unity. We need. Um, but we also need more security, you know, and, mm-hmm. and when radicalism starts acting up, put them down, put them down like the dogs they are. So it's a, it's a combination of more security and, 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 you know, um, speak nicely, but carry a big ass stick. That's what the government yeah. <laughs> needs to do. You know, they need to talk nice yeah. to both Republicans and Democrats, bring them together. But if either side st- side starts acting out of control and wants to subvert our democracy, um, then you take out the stick and you, and you start whacking the hell out of them. That's what I think yeah. needs to happen. <laughs> Bootlicker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We were talking about this kind of shit our very first episode. You know, we were talking about uh, Cleo Dynamics with Peter Turchin and Jack Goldstone. This is like this has like, been like the running theme of essentially of every episode we've ever done is talking about mm-hmm. these types of issues. And I, I, I think we, we, we don't often, I guess, discuss on how you solve them, but I, I think what, what, what Turchin and Goldstone what they laid out and what they, what they, that the conclusion that they came to is that it really has to be a, 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 a more or less a toppling of the current elite structure. And like the, the standard of living in this country has to dramatically be increased. That is the one way that you yes. reduce radicalism in this nation is in, increased standard yeah, of living. I, and I, I, I agree. And that's also one. I mean, God damn! Like that's a huge missed opportunity we ha- we had with, you know, uh, folks like well, fucking Andrew Yang, 
Tulsi Gabbard, Zoltan Itzvan. Um, I, the, I say Zoltan kind of tongue-in-cheek, but he never had a chance at all. But, I, I mean, forward thinkers that definitely would raise the standard of living to something that, I mean, we have, we, we've had a terrible standard of living in this country since, I mean, well, I mean, everybody loves the point at like 1971 as like, like the moment of like when everything changed and they have, I mean, they have a lot of that right. You know, the, the, the standard of living in this country has been on a steady decline for decades now. And that is the only way that we are going to get ourselves out of this mess. And so and that's, it's not just a $15 minimum wage. It's, it's not just a UBI. It is really access to a yeah. lot of things that people are being shut out of in this country. No doubt. We need a lot of policy changes for sure. That will definitely stop the radicalization. Um, but, uh, you know, something that they could do from day on day one is just, uh, you know, end the divisive rhetoric, which I think is easy. I don't think Joe Biden is the most divisive guy in the world. The right likes to say that he is, but that's just, that's what they do. It's, it's partisan politics, mm-hmm. you know, um, the guy's not divisive. I really think that in his heart, he wants to heal the nation. Um, and I admire that. Um, and number two, at, at least this will play a, a, a big role in, in, in the near term is they got to beef up security, especially in on, on inauguration day. There better be, you know, security better be increased at least tenfold. Um, and then once Biden does assume the oath of office, they need to move um, policy forward that's not left, not right, but forward. And, you know, they need to work with the Republicans. They need to get buy-in from everybody and uh, they just move the country forward and, and increase the, the standard of living for, for everybody. Um, yeah, things have been very stagnant since like the 1970s. Essentially, when you look at when you look at um, the average wage versus like GDP growth, growth GDP growth has been gro- going up and up and up, but average wages after you adjust for inflation has been pretty stagnant. You know, it used to go up. They used to go up in tandem from like the end of World mm-hmm. War II to like the mid 70s. GDP and the average wage in the U.S. They they went up in tandem at the same time, and then there was this great decoupling. Essentially, once companies started realizing they can offshore, they could shut down factories here and 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 open them up in in you know in China essentially and and other uh, countries where they could pay people less and just import the crap. Um, that and then that's also when computers first started being created and and at first being used by the government and by the wealthiest corporations were able to afford these big computers but of course computers evolved to what we we all have today in our pockets and uh what essentially that did that also technology did away with a lot of jobs offshoring technology automation um Maybe immigration a little bit has something to do with it, but compared to technology, uh, 
it's like a drop in the bucket. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, the average wage in this country has been very stagnant since the 1970s. It's very true. Right. I mean, the price of housing, that needs to change. The price of housing yeah, steadily increases. Win. Price of education always goes up. The price of insurance, health insurance always mm -hmm. goes up. And, and I mean, mm -hmm. like, if so if, if shit, I mean, if you, if you get, you know, a 5%, right. So like they, they say that every year you should have a minimum 2% raise to keep up with inflation. Right. At, at bare minimum. But God damn it, like the way that the way that prices escalate in so many different ways, so many different times, like it's 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 nearly impossible to keep up. And that's why I mean, I mean, I mean, we we've heard it time and time again. But you know, like it's like even pre-pandemic, seventy-five percent of Americans can't afford a four hundred dollar unexpected expense, right? It's that's right. that's what happens in a failed state, like a failed right. country. That's what happened like, in failed countries that. Um, are on the verge of revolution, right? That's, that's you know, France in, in the 1780s, essentially. And that's Russia in the 19-teens. You know, you had this giant gap between the wealthy and everybody else. And that's kind of where we've been heading towards since the 1970s because, I mean, the average wage is staying steady, but the rich have been getting richer and richer and everyone else is getting is getting more and more pissed off and we are becoming radicalized as a result it's kind of a byproduct i think of this this anger like what the far left and the far right have in common is this this idea that the system is not working for us it's it's against the people and there are elites in charge who who are in, in bed with each other, you know, the corporations and the politicians are, are, are just writing all the rules and uh, it's rules that benefit each other at the expense of everybody else. Um, those same lines of thought were essentially very prevalent in both France and Russia on the ease of their revolutions. And that's what's happening here. Um, and uh, it, it's it's not wrong, you know. There's a lot of collusion and corruption in our government, um, and in our corporations. And uh, shit needs to change before shit hits the fan. Yeah. Um, and I think we got a little bit. We got a little bit of of of, of a taste of of what could happen last Wednesday. So hopefully. Um, the way I see it, the slate is essentially clean in a way when, when Joe Biden uh, takes the oath of office and he really has an opportunity to pull this country together and, uh, and, and, uh, and heal us. Um, but the policy needs to, needs to fall. You know, if the policy, the policies don't get enacted to, to help out the bulk of the country, the extremism, the radicalization is just going to continue. It may retreat to the shadows, but it's still going to be there and it will come back out again. Yeah, agreed. It's like uh, there's some, you know, there's some aspects of the platform of the, uh, of the MAGA platform, I'll, I'll say that need to legitimately be acknowledged as well, 
as legitimate. Right? So when they yeah. you know talk about you know the uh, the threat of the globalists and globalizations, that is a real threat to the standard of living in this country. When Bernie Sanders talks about the one percent, he's talking about the same thing. It's just a different. Mm-hmm. It's a different definition or a different word for the same definition. It's the the oligarchs that that really have a stronghold on this country. And what is if, if, if we don't do something about that, that we, yes, we are destined for radical revolution in this country. And I, I, I just go look at what go to YouTube and look how that how the uh, attempted revolution in Turkey went in 2016. That's what revolution looks like. Revolution doesn't look like what happened on Wednesday. Revolution, you have tanks, helicopters, jets, machine guns. That is exactly where this country is headed. And I, I fucking mean it with every ounce of my being. That is, that is the direction that we are barreling down. We are doing nothing to, to, to pump the brakes on this insanity, like this crash course, like we're trying to make some kind of fucking Tiananmen Square situation like happen in this country. Like, we're, like, we're actively doing things to bring it into being. Like we are summoning this darkness into our country. <laughs> like, the, like as Marianne Williams say, with the dark psychic forces. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a legitimate threat. Legitimate threat. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um. I like to try to be an optimist, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to continue doing that. And uh, just, uh, I, I, I hope, I hope things get better. I think they will, but there's a chance that they don't. So just, just, I hope everybody uh, is careful out there and prepares for the worst. Um, do we, um, I'm out of beer. So uh, <laughs> is there anything else that uh, we, we haven't covered that, that we should? Um, uh, I'm also, more importantly, I think I hit every point in my notes that I wanted to hit. So I don't know if you got anything left. No, I think, I think we're good to say, um, yeah. you know, hard, hard times create strong men. And mm-hmm. I, that's true. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger put out an awesome video that I encourage everyone to check out. And he said something that you just reminded me of hard times. And he was talking about, he pulls out a sword, right? This big ass steel sword. Um, He said it was a Conan the Barbarian sword. And um, he basically says, when you're making a sword, you uh you stick it in the fire you take it out you bang it with your hammer you stick it in the cold water you take it out you put it back in the fire heat it up take it out bang it again with your hammer and you do that over and over and every time you do that process it gets stronger and stronger and that's a metaphor for the united states and the american people you know so we're going through some tough times right now but it should make us stronger Clean your room. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's coming out with a new book soon, right? Jordan Pearson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Twelve more rules for you life. That's coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Highly anticipated. Uh, 
follow up to the New York Times bestseller, Twelve Rules for Life. Um, yeah, I'm 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 really excited to, to hear more from him. I'm glad he's doing okay or doing better at least. Uh, he had a, an interview with Matthew McConaughey that dropped today, which that was oh wow I, I haven't seen it yet but interesting glad to see him yeah. see him back in the saddle um yeah but yeah that's that's something to look forward to in 2021 that could have a positive impact on a lot of people's lives i don't know jordan peterson gets a lot of hate from uh from people on the left um for uh um for some stupid reasons but you, you don't have to agree with a man on everything to know that when it comes to how to lead a better life uh, uh, or how to probably live your life correctly. Uh, he, he's right on every point in, in, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I am looking forward to reading that and then talking about it with you on this channel. Yes. Yes. That would be a good conversation. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, everybody, uh, thank you for tuning in and, um, don't forget to hit the like button, share, subscribe, and uh, hopefully next week we don't have all that much to talk about because that <laughs> will mean that it wasn't a crazy week. I want some calm this week. I'm hoping for it. Um, but we'll be back next week with another awesome podcast, regardless of the news cycle. Uh, so hopefully uh, you, you uh, check back in with us in a week. And um, and yeah, I guess that's a wrap. Yep. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you uh, if you support ind independent journalism or citizen journal journalism, yeah, please give us a like, give us a share, give us a comment. Um, be uh, be much appreciated. <laughs>